So welcome to the Sigma Chris Show. In this show, we discuss a variety of topics like politics, fitness, self-improvement, music, movies, whiskey, guns, etc. We talk about all kinds of different things on this show, and I look very much forward to having a variety of people on the show as well. In honor of my 32nd birthday, what I've decided to do for my first episode is I'm going to do an episode titled The 32 Things I've Changed My Mind About. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break that down into two different parts. I'm going to do 16 today, and then I'll do a second part probably tomorrow uh, for part two. So this idea, essentially, I'm going to kind of touch upon 16 different topics, going to go into detail a little bit on each one, maybe more so than others. And then what I'd like to do once I'm done recording, I'd like to take each topic individually, and I'd like to have a separate episode on those as well and potentially maybe even have uh, a guest or two with each one. So really looking forward to getting this uh, information out there. My goal is to just put some perspective out there. Um, I'm not looking to change anybody's mind. I'm not looking to tell anybody this is how they should live their life. Nothing could be further from the truth. All I'd like to do is just offer up uh, a different perspective and maybe get some dialogue going or conversation. And then I also like to learn some things as well. Because the ever-constant change in life is that we continue growing and evolving and that our subjective point of view is uh, ever-changing. Hopefully for the better. (laughs) So with that, I've actually stolen this idea from uh, a great YouTube channel, uh, Elliot Hulse, who runs Strength Camp. When he turned 40, he did a video um, basically where he discussed the 40 things that he was wrong about. So I kind of ripped off the idea from that. So without further ado, and one last caveat real quick is that these aren't in any particular order. I literally spent a few days just kind of thinking over a couple of things and putting my thoughts down on paper, and I'm going to provide the list. So no need to be triggered. No need to say, well, one thing's more important or less important than the other. That's not what this is about. So with that, let's get into it. So the... First thing that I've changed my mind upon was God. Being younger, um, when I was younger, I should say, um, God wasn't really something that was at the forefront of my uh, my mind or my life. God was always something that I was told that I should believe in. But me being as inquisitive as I was as a kid, and that's translated a lot into my adult life as well. I always want to know the why. You know, why do I have to believe in this? You know, if if somebody's doing something and I'm very curious about it, I'm going to ask, well, why do you do it this way? What happens if you do it this other way? Or could it potentially be better this way? And so the without having a whole lot of context behind what God was or who he was or why he did the things that he did, I just... Um, kind of didn't allow God to come into my life. And many times when I was younger, I would challenge God directly or even denounce him altogether. And as I've gotten older, especially now that, you know, I'm, I'm a husband and I'm a father and I've matured a lot more with my mindset, uh, God has definitely become a huge presence in my life. And he's definitely come through on a variety of things that I've asked for specifically for myself and for things that I've prayed about for other people as well. And 
it's it's interesting how changing the mindset and believing you know in the Bible or reading the Bible, which I do daily, I journal and read the Bible every single day, and just allowing myself to take in some scripture and apply it to my life. By no means am I perfect. I mess up royally every single day, I'm sure, but just um, there's a lot of good teachings in the Bible, and there's a lot of opportunity to grow and develop as a person if you allow God into your life and allow his word to, to touch you. And there have been numerous things that I've prayed about and asked for clarity on and strength for with things that, you know, not even my own wife knew about. And he absolutely came through for me. So again, all these, all these topics we'll be talking about, we'll be, you know, discussing in further detail, more videos or (laughs) episodes, I should say, not videos. Uh, So for, again, number one, that was God. Number two, thing that I've changed my mind upon was the ability and power of um, being a listener and being an active listener. You know, many times, especially today, we get in a bad habit, number one, of interrupting each other when we're having a conversation or a debate or just a dialogue, really. We want so bad for the other person to hear our point of view without allowing them to finish their point or points. So I think that's number one that for the for for just in communication in general, I think we need to do a better job of not interrupting each other and allowing each other to have an opportunity to speak and say what's on our mind. But then also with active listening, you know, I didn't understand really how important listening was until I started really paying attention to it and deploying some techniques to help with active listening. And, you know, when a lot of times people will listen just again to wait for their turn to talk, you know, we, the, the space that's taking place between us talking is filled by the person just going on and and jabbering about something, right? Well, if you're an active listener, you'll be amazed to find out that a lot of issues or most of the time perceived issues can be resolved by active listening and deploying some empathy to the person. Because a lot of times, problems arise just from miscommunication, I found. And a lot of that can be uh, solved again just by listening to the other person, getting getting an idea of where they're coming from, and deploying some empathy. Because we all just want to be heard, and we all want our thoughts and even our problems to to be heard and, and hoping that people will help us, right? So I would definitely pay attention to how you're communicating if you're interrupting somebody. And then also, are you being a good listener? Because again, that will lead to problem solving. Number three, self-improvement and the dangers that lie within that. So when I say self-improvement, I think it's a fantastic thing to want to get better whether it be in your personal life, your business life, your fitness goals, your financial goals, whatever the case may be. However, there's a there's a fine line between self-improving and utilizing skills and techniques to get better and then getting paralysis by analysis and not doing anything. Um, I fell into that trap a few times and I try to, I, I recognize the behaviors and the patterns that I go through when I absorb too much information and I'm not able to deploy it into my life, you know, um, tactfully. 
And what can happen, a great example is, let's say, you know, YouTube is a great source of information for, you know, finding um, books or listening to great speakers for TED Talks or, you know, just just getting your research done to where you can um, utilize, again, different skills and techniques and methods to become a better person. But what you don't want to do is fall into that I call paralysis by analysis. Um, so my example being that I would get on YouTube and listen to audio or I would watch a video and I would feel just accomplished just by saying, oh, well, you know, I learned something today. Well, without having the ability to, again, use that in my life as a means of really self-improving, you're just kind of going through the motions and you're not really accomplishing anything. So I would be very um, aware of what it is that you're retaining as far as information and what kind of content are you consuming and are you really using that to improve your life? Again, self-improvement is great. Just be aware that, you know, you're not just getting paralysis by analysis and you're regressing instead of progressing. Uh, Number four, number four thing I've changed my mind about is the powers of extremism. I've never been a fan of extremism to begin with. And when I speak of extremism, I mean in a political sense, a social or racial sense, or even religious. Um, I think it's very dangerous to have an extremist point of view or a mindset because you trap yourself into a bubble or an echo chamber And you could potentially be surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are not willing to change their mind or willing to either fight or at times die for a cause that could be totally based off of a false premise or a false narrative. And you're going out there and hurting people or in some cases, maybe even killing people because you believe in a particular set of ideologies or you have a particular set of rules or guidelines that you have to follow. And if anybody gets in your way, then they're an enemy. And that's that. That's not a good thing. I think any type of extremism, again, is very dangerous. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. And when I say I've changed my mind about it is I didn't realize that the power that is controlled by media or social media these days, that people will um, naturally, it seems, fall into that echo chamber where you know, let's just take, you know, the election or take um, people considering voter fraud or impeachment, whatever the case may be, people will naturally fall on one side of the aisle, most of the people, not everybody. And they will fall in line and start to communicate with people that think the same, uh, have the same mentality. And they will absolutely spit, you know, vitriol against those who oppose that ideology. And it's very dangerous because we're not listening and we're not deploying empathy or seeing where everybody else is coming from. And we just create uh, teams. It's almost becomes a cult. And I'm going to touch on that here in a few moments. But uh, extremism, again, just very dangerous. Again, if you're recognizing that you're uh, aligning yourself with a certain group of people and not even listening to the other side, you may want to reconsider who you're hanging with. And what you're thinking. Number five, I was, I've changed my mind about guns. I'm going to take a quick sip here.
when I was younger, I thought that guns were a very bad thing. Um, when I was really little, I saw guns on the streets all the time because we lived in Baltimore and it just, um, you know, you would see that you would, you would see that in the city. And as I got older, I just didn't, I didn't understand what a gun meant as far as protection or as far as being able to hunt for yourself and take care of yourself, um, and arm yourself. You know, that's, that's what the whole premise of the second amendment is, is to arm yourself in case of tyranny from the government. And we could potentially be seeing that, um, you know, we don't have to go into super huge detail about this right now, but we're seeing a lot of tyrannical government taking place right now and a lot of powers being abused uh, in government and against the people. But uh, guns just offer protection. And, you know, I, I didn't understand the mechanisms of it. I didn't understand the power that they held. And until I started, you know, getting around people that were enth enthusiasts about guns, You'll never meet a person who's enthused about a gun or somebody that definitely utilizes and practices their Second Amendment that doesn't talk about the number one, the safety and the dangers of owning or shooting a gun. Number two, making sure that you are a good steward of using your Second Amendment rights. Um, and, and number three, the care that's required with maintaining your weapon and taking care of it. Um, I've never met a good gun owner, let's put it this way, that is just saying go out and fire and shoot and everything like that. You'll always meet people that will say the last thing that I want to do or that I would think that I'd have to do is pull the trigger to protect my life. You know, you I hear from people all the time that do concealed carry classes, you know, that's that's what they preach. You know, that's they're they're trying to teach you the responsibility and the accountability going behind every time you pull that trigger, you better be ready to kill what's about, you know, what you're aiming at. And you have to think about the consequences. So I do know I do own guns and um, I do use them for either protection or just going out to the range. And I've actually um, for my birthday, I ordered my first AR 15, um, which is pretty exciting. So I'm excited to see how uh, the progress goes with that. And, just having the respect for the gun and really learning how to use it properly and clean it, maintain it. So really excited about that. So guns was number five. Um, a couple of these I'm going to try to rapid fire because I don't want this episode to be much longer than 30 minutes. Um, number six, I've changed my mind about gender roles in the families. Um, I absolutely believe that men and women as a mother and father um, hold individual roles within the family dynamic. And there are statistics that back up what happens if a child is raised in a single parent household. And there are statistics that show what happens if the father is left out of the household altogether. I believe there's a actually a specific agenda around getting the father out of the home to re be replaced by the state but that's a whole another episode. I'm actually excited to talk about this one a little bit more in detail, but I've changed my mind about that. Men and women absolutely play different roles within the family dynamic, both just as important. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail, but moving on to number seven, a uh, very personal one was porn. Um, meaning that I didn't realize how 
harmful it really was to my life and um, my overall health until I started shining a light on it. You know, porn is very much, um, uh, it's a bad industry to start off with, but it's very unrealistic. And the dopamine spike that you get from watching porn, especially from a young man, you know, I discovered porn when I was like eight years old. Um, for those that I don't, I don't watch much TV, but if those that remember uh, Cinemax, you know, uh, a kid like me could be watching a movie and then all of a sudden 11 o'clock at night, there's some softcore porn going on and I know what I'm doing for the next 30 minutes, right? <laughs> we didn't have, uh, <laughs> you know, there was no TiVo, there was no pausing or anything like that or rewinding. So um, it was almost like a beat the clock, no pun intended. But um, it's a very dangerous thing that a young man or a young person in general has such quick access to things like porn and um, and it seems like it gets more vile and more graphic and detailed uh, as the internet gets, uh, you know, bigger and bigger. And there's a lot of things that can come from porn. Uh, it can affect your personal life. It can affect your relationships. It affects your ability to have uh, intimacy. It affects your ability to look at the opposite sex with any type of dignity just because your your brain has been warped to thinking that's all a woman is is just you know i don't need to get too much in detail here but it could lead to addiction um you know you again it's a very bad deal i'll talk a little bit more about my story specifically but um changed my mind about that and how much damage it was actually doing speaking of depression that's number eight um Depression is something I had a, a short stint with, and um, a lot of it had to do with the way I was living my life and being so busy and not having any real goals. I was just kind of going through the motions in life and not really feeling like I had a purpose, um, watching a lot of porn, drinking a little bit too much, not really exercising that much, and not really paying attention to my marriage or my friendships or anything like that. So I know people that have gone through way bigger bouts of depression and I would tell those people to reach out and get some help if they're feeling like hurting themselves or hurting somebody else or just feeling like they don't have any self-worth in general because I can guarantee you that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, I've had family members that have went through some major bouts of depression and you know I, I know how how difficult it can be but you know, I would tell, I would just encourage you to reach out to somebody. Um, if you don't have anybody to reach out to, you know, you can send me a message on here or, you know, send me a message on Instagram at SigmaChris89 or SigmaChris89 at gmail.com. And I'd be more than happy to respond back to you. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail again. But that was um, number eight for me. Something a little bit more positive, actually. Uh, reading is number nine. You know, I used to read a whole bunch when I was a kid, and um, as I got older, it kind of got replaced with uh, video games and movies and porn and music, and, you know, I've been playing music since I was about 13 years old. That was my biggest passion for a long time growing up, but, um, you know, when I hit about 30, that's when I started, you know, so I guess about two years ago, I really decided that I wanted to read more and listen to more audiobooks. Um, audio is hugely underrated, I think. Um, it allows you the opportunity to multitask. So if I would go to the gym, I'd listen to an audiobook or 
If I was driving in my truck, going to a meeting or running some errands, I'd have a good audio book on. And, um, you know, right now I've got quite a few books that I bought recently that I'm enjoying. You know, find something that interests you and something that can challenge you to try to utilize something in your own life. Um, kind of like the self-improvement books. Just make sure when you're reading self-improvement, you're just trying to deploy a few things at a time because, again, that paralysis by analysis that I've talked about. But I read a lot of uh, autobiographies. I read self-improvement. I read psychology, political books, history. Of course, like I said, I read my Bible every morning. Um, I like philosophy. And uh, specifically, I've been reading a lot of uh, old tenets of Stoicism, which is actually very interesting. So yeah, I would just challenge you to read more because it's only going to help you. It's helped me in my vocabulary. It's helping me. It's helping me in my delivery with work in my personal life, and it's also helping me become a better storyteller. So read more. <laughs> Number ten, I was uh, changed my mind about the the aspect of success, um, meaning that. When I was younger, I thought that success meant I had to be a multimillionaire and I had to have boats and yachts and cars and helicopters and the big mansion and the big bank account, all this other kind of stuff. Well, it's not really necessarily the case. I think it's good to have emulation and have people you look up to that you could aspire to be like, but you're never going to be like that person. Um, I don't want to be The Rock. I don't want to be Warren Buffett. Um, I want to be me. And I want to be the most successful version of myself that I can be. And that just means getting up and doing work that's dutiful to me and meaningful. And then being a good husband, being a good father, being a good friend, being a good steward to my community. Um, and then also improving my uh, spiritual walk with God as well. That's another big part of it. So rethink your idea of success. And are you basing your idea of success on what you could see yourself being successful at and what are the details of that success? Or are you predicating yourself and your success on what others think about you? And when you get kind of out of that mentality, you'll see that opportunities open up and you're just more free in a sense, meaning that if you're not caring as much as what other people think or say about you, you're, you're going down the right path, I think. Conversely, the next thing that I've changed my mind about is failure. And failure is something that I thought about if I would fail once at something, that meant that I wasn't good at all at anything. And that's not necessarily the case. There are times where you fail because it's a part of natural growth, right? If I fail, I, I, I evaluate failure, either big or small, and then I look at that and say, okay, well, let's see how I made that mistake and what, what are the controllables that will prevent me from making this mistake again? So that's something that I would challenge you to do as well, is that looking at failure from your own narrative, from your own subjective point of view and thinking, okay, well, how do I improve going forward? Because a failure is just an opportunity, I think. If you fail at something, it's just an opportunity for you to get better. And you can get better, you know, by 1% or you can get better by 100%. Just the details that you want to go into changing that and making yourself better, right? I'm going to kind of rapid fire because I've only got a few minutes left. 
before 30 minutes. Um, the next one is Occult Mentality. Um, my wife loves the ID channel. I'm not a big fan of it, but um, because I think it's the same thing over and over and over again. But there's a show that comes on there uh, that talks about cults. And I'm very much fascinated with cult mentality because how can a person who is smart individually get involved and be brainwashed with a group that, again, just thinks one thing and doesn't allow for any opposing point of view, right? Um, again, whether that be political, social, religious, whatever the case may be. So I'll dive into that in a little bit more detail, but I've kind of talked about that a little bit with the power of extremism. The, I've got four more here, uh, social media, um, absolutely took for granted the power of social media. And it's ironic that I'm going to use a platform like this to disperse my channel out there to social media because it's just a quick way to grow your audience organically. But there's a slippery slope going on right now with social media where they feel the right to censor certain speech. Um, missing, you know, they'll, 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 you know, I've put a few posts on there a few times that had nothing to do with uh, political things or social justice things or anything that could really trigger anything. It's just kind of a funny, you know, meme or a funny post that I saw when I reposted it and it would tell me I was missing context. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I plan on talking about this a lot more. I'm actually writing a small book right now, and social media has a huge, um, huge chapter in there. Um, when you start to look at the history of some of the founders of you know these humongous sites, humongous sites, and you look at their ideologies and you see who they align themselves with, you kind of start to see the narrative and the agenda that they may have. Yeah, not in, not saying this in a, in a disparaging way. But do your own research on this and with all these topics, I should say. Okay, um, I was wrong about physical appearance. Um, we can all be happy-go-lucky and say that we don't look at somebody in the way they put themselves together and say we don't judge that. That's a lie. That's an outright lie. It's psychologically proven that when we meet somebody for the first time, we're analyzing this person and how they put themselves together, the way they dress, the way they smell the way they conduct themselves, and we're making judgments off of that, whether positively or negatively. So to help yourself, to help myself, I should say, I'm not trying to help anybody, um, but what I've done is just trying to make myself uh, <laughs> a little bit more presentable, especially out in public, and especially if I'm doing anything for work or business, you know, I want to be uh, put together. Um, something that's helped me is I've followed a few style channels on YouTube, and uh, cool little approaches. They say, you know, whatever occasion or event you're going to just, just dress up one scale higher. So if everybody's wearing, you know, a dress shirt and khakis, just throw on like a sports jacket or something like that. It's a good little rule of thumb there. Um, the last two things, um, I'll go into a lot more detail, uh, being a nice guy. Uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this one. Um, I've, been practicing my butt off to not be a nice guy. What my goal is now is to be good at being a man. Um, because a nice guy syndrome means to me that you're a pushover and you won't stand up for what you believe in. And especially if somebody's at work or in your personal life and they're being a bully and you're just kind of sitting there taking that. No, you absolutely do not have to take that. Now, don't be a jerk, but don't be a nice guy either. We'll talk about that. Finally, I want to talk about um, everybody has this idea of being passionate. You know, I find myself starting projects and not finishing them sometimes. 
And my goal is to not do that. Um, this year specifically, I've focused a lot on getting stronger physically. And I've started doing a program for the last six weeks that have absolutely helped in that uh, avenue. I um, uh, My bench press has gone up significantly, so has my squat. So um, you don't have to be passionate about everything. You can like certain things, but that doesn't mean that's who you are as a person. You know, because I like music and strength training and podcasts and, that, that, and reading, things like that, that's not what defines me as a person. Those are just elements of who I am. Um, so don't be involved with this whole passionate project thing where you have to absolutely live your passion because that's not always the case. You know, there are bills to pay. There are liabilities that I have to take care of. So part two will be coming after this. I appreciate you guys listening. Hope uh, maybe there was something to be gained out of this for as far as perspective goes. Again, this has been the, the Sigma Chris show. Um, I'm on Instagram, Sigma Chris 89. And then also you can feel free to email me at sigmachris89 at gmail.com. And I look to post this on my YouTube channel as well, which is just uh, Sigma Chris. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'll be catching you on the next episode. Thanks.